that enchanting voice is Colette Aubrey, one of my fellow phenomenal women, as well as a singer and yoga teacher, so we love the world of yoga. If you want to check out Colette's local yoga classes or some of her music, I believe she has a CD coming out soon, and... um, she definitely, I think she has some audio files, too, on her website. But you can find her on MySpace and also on Facebook, I believe. So if you want to Google C-O-L-E-T-T-E-A-U-B-R-E-Y, Colette Aubrey, and you can find all, all about that enchanting voice. Well, I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf, and I'm here every Tuesday alternating Tuesdays for the programs. This week is Phenomenal Woman. And next week I'll be back with my delightful Hobbit co-host Milo Lomsdown for What Would Arwen Do? Adventures in Middle Earth, movies, books, and all things Tolkien. But today it's all about the women. So this show was inspired by a poem by an amazing poet and woman Maya Angelou. The poem is Phenomenal Woman, and we'll be hearing that in just a few moments to hopefully inspire your heart in case you have fallen asleep or fallen under bewitchment, my fellow female friends, uh, and forgotten who you are. Guess what? I'm here every other week to remind you. So, Phenomenal Woman, I believe they are all around us. Our mothers and sisters and daughters and aunts and nieces, our teachers and students and next-door neighbors. They are the women who inspire us by their lives and by their examples. They make us to be more kind, more generous, more helpful, brighter, stronger, even more beautiful. They make us want to be better human beings just by their presence in the world. They might be movie stars or athletes or political activists. But usually they are just women we know or meet every day at our work, at school, the kids' soccer games, or in our families. So, this show is all about celebrating these women. I believe that it's not about competing with each other, it's about celebrating each other. Our wild, wonderful, sexy, crazy, feminine selves. We phenomenal women. (coughs) Excuse me, and if you have tuned in before, you know that uh, I often like to read a little something for you from one of my favorite books that I believe is still around helping uh, women and the goddesses they are wake up everywhere. This book was written by Marianne Williamson, 1993, 18 years ago, but it still is so relevant. I discovered this book a couple of years ago, and it always speaks to my heart. So I'm going to read a little selection a little, couple of little different selections than I've read before. Um, the first one from the chapter, Glorious Queens and Slave Girls. She says, together we embark on a quest for our own enchantment. It will take us to a play where what is feminine is sacred, as are a lot of other things as well. There we can become who we are meant to be and live the life we are meant to live. But we need to see the lay of the land, and we need to see clearly the way back home. What, you say, me enchanted? Yes, I say, and don't act so surprised. 
You knew when you were little that you were born for something special, and no matter what happened to you, that couldn't be erased. The magic could not be drained from your heart any more than Lady Macbeth could wash the guilt from her hands. Sorry to tell you, but you had it right years ago, and then you forgot. You were born with a mystical purpose. In hearing this now, you might remember what it is. There are women who are enchanted living here now, as there have always been, and always will be. They are bearers of the goddess's torch, however dim its light may shine. On the inner planes, they are abs priestesses and queens. They are absolutely powerful. They have made it past the gates. She goes on to say in the chapter Eternal Light, when I first began my career as a lecturer, doing my best to make a positive difference in my community, I often heard people say, Isn't she nice? But as my work became visible to a larger public, the same work done the same way, and with, if anything, even greater dedication, drew cries of, Who does she think she is? I have never received the criticism for failure that I have for success, and it is clear to me that people in our society unconsciously hold the conviction that someone else's success limits their own, makes them lesser and puts a permanent lid on their chances. The world believes in finite resources and in everybody's guilt. As long as we adhere to these pernicious beliefs, we will not only fail to let others shine, but we will never be able to allow ourselves to shine fully either. And if we, like my friend, stand in fear of what fear says, in the minds of others or in our own minds, we then conspire in a thought system that cruelly limits us and our daughters and their daughters too. We refuse to allow ourselves to help the world as much as we might, were we to allow ourselves to be all that we can be. God gives us abundance in all things that we might use it in behalf of the healing of the world. If we forge ahead and continue to embrace the life that God has opened up for us, then we will break through the cloud banks of other people's disapproval, whether real or imagined. When we ourselves no longer feel guilty, when we have liberated ourselves from the limited thinking of a society deeply afraid of ecstatic women, then we will no longer encounter people who attack us, or if we do, we will no longer care. And having broken through the clouds, we will see a new light and meet new friends. Don't stop now. Keep going. The next time someone makes you feel as though winning as you are, perhaps you're getting too big for your britches, say to them silently, I haven't even started yet. And with that, I'm going to play for you a wonderful poem by Maya Angelou. If you're somewhere where you can maybe close your eyes and just let this sink into your heart, do that. Not, of course, if you're driving. <laughs> it is kind of a drive-hour traffic. But uh, if not, maybe just let these words roll around your heart. If you're not a woman, maybe let them sink into your heart and take a moment just to be grateful for the phenomenal women in your life. Here is one phenomenal woman who made a big and is still making a big difference in our world. Maya Angelou with Phenomenal Woman. This is KUCI in Irvine. Phenomenal Woman Many people wonder where my secret lies. I'm not cute or built to suit a fashion model size. When I start to tell them, they think I'm telling lies. I say, it's in the reach of my arms, the span of my hips, the stride of my step, the curl of my lips. I'm a woman, phenomenally. 
I walk into a room just as cool as you please, and to a man the fellows stand or fall down on their knees. Then they swarm around me, a hive of honeybees. I say, it's the fire in my eyes, the flash of my teeth, the swing in my waist, the joy in my feet. I'm a woman, phenomenally. Men themselves have wondered what they see in me. They try so much, but they can't touch my inner mystery. When I try to show them, they say they still can't see. I say, it's in the arch of my back, the sun of my smile, the ride of my breasts, the grace of my style. I'm a woman, phenomenally. Now you understand just why my head's not bowed. I don't shout or jump about or have to talk real loud. When you see me passing, it ought to make you proud. I say, it's in the click of my heels, the bend of my hair, the palms of my hands, the need for my care, because I'm a woman, phenomenally, phenomenal woman. That's my mother and all your mothers and my grandmothers and your grandmothers and my great-grandmothers and your greats and my great-greats and, and all you women and me. And all you women, and me. And that was Maya Angelou with Phenomenal Woman. So, we have, um, I have some wonderful things coming up. I'm going to play a little bit of background music here as we talk about, of course, a week from Thursday. This is Tuesday, November 15th. Uh, I am Tani Tenuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf. This is Phenomenal Woman. And um, it's like... The phone is ringing, but if you're calling, please call back because we're on the air and can't take the phone right now. Um, but we're going to be talking about Thanksgiving and about perhaps <clears throat> thinking about creating alternative traditions. But first I want to say hello to someone very special who's in studio with me today. Hello. Hi. This is Ray Singson. Is that how you pronounce it? Mm-hmm. And Ray, why are you here? I am interning for your show. Okay. I'm a trainee under KUCI. I certainly, it's a pleasure watching your show, and hopefully I'll find to appreciate more phenomenal women. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being here. For those of you listening who may not know, all of us here at KUCI, KUCI are volunteers, and from our general manager, Katie Tilford, amazing, phenomenal woman, who's also a student here at UCI, to all of the DJs, the music show ho uh, DJs, the public, the talk show hosts, um, all of our managers and genre assistants, um, they're all um, volunteers, and every mm -hmm. one of us started uh, with the training, right? Yep. Eight yep. weeks long. About Eight what weeks week, long. What week are you guys in? I think we're in seven right now. Great. So soon the test or whatever comes in, and... Hopefully I get a show. Super. And what uh, what kind of a show are you thinking of having? I want to do a sports-related type show. Uh, I plan to focus maybe on UCI sports. Great. Especially. Mm -hmm. Super. Well, this is a show about phenomenal women, but it's wonderful for us to remember that there are also phenomenal men in the world. <laughs> so, <laughs> so thanks for being one. <laughs> yep. Thank you. Um, so <clears throat> I'm going to... Um, hope that the person calling back who I do have a guest today, I'm very excited to say we're going to be interviewing someone from Farm Sanctuary. 
And um, her name is Sophia, and we're going to be talking about alternative traditions for Thanksgiving. As many of you know, I am uh, an elf and a vegetarian, and I believe that, um, at least for myself, that I don't want to eat the animals. I'd really rather just kind of hang out and play and have a good time with them. I believe that all creatures on this great planet... Uh, want to be free and want to be happy and I believe also that just because we've grown up with certain traditions all of our lives it doesn't mean that we necessarily have to keep those traditions if they no longer serve us so um, I grew up in a household where everybody we always had turkey on Thanksgiving and ham on Christmas and other various forms of meat throughout the week but um, I had a very unfortunate um, event experience when I moved my family uh, moved from the city to the a farm got all these darling little chickens and my job was to go out and feed them and I had a wonderful time and then one day after they were all grown up but I was still having fun every day feeding them and chasing them around and having fun with them and my stepfather informed us that it was the day we were going to all put all the chickens in the freezer but first we had to kill them and feather them and for uh, a little 11 year old girl it was quite quite a traumatic experience and here I was having to you know kill all my little friends so that we could have fried chicken dinner and all of a sudden I thought well wait a minute we have this giant garden full of vegetables and fruit we've got fields full of corn why do we have to eat the chickens why can't we eat all the fruits and vegetables Um, but they didn't see it that way and so I did not become a vegetarian right then, but uh, years later, as I actually it wasn't until I started my adventure of my life as an elf that I really thought more mindfully about it and realized <clears throat> that elvish wisdom would say that if we can feed ourselves without having to cause pain or suffering to other creatures or people, then why wouldn't we want to do that? And so. I found that I'm able to feed myself without having to kill any little animals. And uh, so I don't need to have that tradition anymore of the turkey dinner or the little pig on the table for Christmas. So a lot of times I think it's just a matter of looking at some of the things we do and asking, why, why do I do this? I've been doing this for a really long time. Does the tradition of doing this serve me anymore and sometimes we may find that it's time to let some things go so i'm going to cut to some music real quickly and uh hopefully um come back and we will be interviewing sophia and you'll be hearing all about the our good friends at farm sanctuary uh i'm going to play a song from it's actually called turning to peace from state of grace and this is KUCI in Irvine. I will be right back. Technology is our friend.
And that lovely music was not a state of grace with turning to peace. It was, in fact, a beautiful uh, selection from one of my favorite artists, Gandalf, from the CD Sacred River, and that was The Ferryman's Tale. So we will be hearing Turning to Peace a little later in the show. However, we're just about to jump into the thick of it, in case you are just tuning in. I am Tani Tenuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf. This is Phenomenal Woman on Alternating Tuesdays with What Would Arwen Do? If you'd like to contact me, I would love to hear from you. You can send me an email at askanelf, A-S-K-A-N-E-L-F, askanelf at yahoo.com. And these, these shows will also be available on podcast within a day or two after the show. All the music will be edited pretty much out, but the interviews will be there in their fullness. So you can find our podcasts on our KUCI website, our general website, KUCI.org, or our talk show website, KUCITalk.org, and most of our shows are also available through podcast in iTunes. So, as I mentioned before, um, today is the day <laughs> that we talk about Thanksgiving. So many wonderful things to be thankful for in life. One of the things that I am thankful for is the wonder are the wonderful people over at Farm Sanctuary. As I mentioned earlier about my own little um, traumatic experience of having to turn uh, my uh, the pet chickens I thought they were pets into um, dinners in the freezer. Um, but more than that, even as I've gone through life and really been um, started being more mindful about all of the things I do and the beliefs that I hold and begin to look at them and say, well, why do I believe that or why do I do that? Uh, do I just do it because that's what I've always done or because that's what my family does? And I know a lot of my friends um, are are considering vegetarianism are and it's it's interesting because every once in a while i'll run into someone else who'll um, either have seen a movie my one dear friend who's kind of been on and on again off again with vegetarianism and generally <clears throat> she does it you know for her own health which my position is whatever reason you have uh then do it because the planet i believe and the animals will benefit um whether you're doing it just for your own health or whether you're doing it for the animals. In my case, um, it, it really is for, it's, it's really for the animals because just with my genetic background and everything, I actually feel better on uh, more of a protein diet. But I've discovered that I can fully nourish myself with lots of good things to enjoy and feel full of health and vitality by getting my protein from other sources, and I don't need nearly as much as I thought that I did. Um, a lot of us, uh, there's a lot of things that float around out there saying we need a whole lot of uh, protein when in fact we actually don't. But sometimes it takes a little while to adjust, for your body to adjust to new things. And uh, it's interesting because a couple of people I know that have actually become vegetarians have uh, are still having turkeys this year for their families. And um, I thought, well, that's interesting because I, I was kind of thinking, well, okay, what have you thought about the analogy of, of smoking? You know, because it's like, okay, well, we've always had a turkey, so I don't have meat or turkey or chicken the whole rest of the year, but on Thanksgiving I'm going to have a turkey. And I thought, well, what if your whole family smoked cigarettes? And then you thought, well, 
um, you don't smoke anymore, um, and you don't have smoke in your, in your house because you know it's not good for you. It makes you feel yucky. It's you know kind of dirty. It's not good for the other people around breathing it. But if it was a family tradition that everybody after the Thanksgiving dinner all lit up cigarettes and smoked, would you do that still? I doubt it. If you've quit smoking, you probably won't make an, an exception and smoke on Thanksgiving if you really don't smoke anymore. And a lot of times it just takes a while to transition. And I th- feel like it's kind of the same thing with eating turkeys. If you really have a conviction about not eating turkeys and letting the turkeys go free instead, then maybe you could even begin to introduce, at least in your own home, a new tradition of things to enjoy on Thanksgiving Day. And there are so many wonderful things to eat and enjoy. <clears throat> Since I've stopped eating turkeys, I've discovered that um, not a Thanksgiving goes by that I'm not fully, very full, and very satisfied. So our friends over at Sanctuary Farm Sanctuary, I actually discovered this um, website and these lovely people and the things that they're doing on behalf of our creature friends. Um, a couple of years, I guess it was a uh, year before last, and I think last year I got to interview someone. It's probably up on our podcast, and then, of course, you know, my goodness, how the years roll by, and it's rolled around again, and here it is this time of the year again, and so I visited their website, and uh, before we get into our interview, I just wanted to, this so touched my heart, this article, um, this happened on November 4th, just a couple weeks ago, someone dropped 25 baby turkeys at the doorstep of Farm Sanctuary, and um, it, it goes on to say, you know, um, the 25 one-month-old baby turkeys, known as poults, were dirty, weak, and debeaked when they arrived, an indication they came from a factory farm. So I don't know, maybe someone, like, rescued them. I just think that's so amazing. Um, somehow, though, but they got them and they dropped them on the doorstep. Factory farms are large, warehouse-like facilities where birds are crammed to the thousands and spend their short lives unable to comfortably move, experience sunlight, or exhibit any natural behaviors. Farm Sanctuary's natural shelter director, Susie Colton, often thought of as the Jane Goodall of farm animals, explains the bird's blunted beaks this way. <clears throat> when, you ex- when you can find thousands of birds in a tight, dark space with no hope of ever escaping, they are driven to excessive pecking and fighting. Rather than provide more living space, the meat industry severs the tip of the bird's sensitive nerve-filled nerve beak with either a hot blade or by microwave. Debeaking is always done without, without um, anesthetic, so we know that these babies are already endured unthinkable pain in their short lives. So now, and this I'm reading from the, from the article, now that they are in Farm Sanctuary's care, these tiny turkeys are receiving urgently needed, needed medical attention. A few of the turkeys have hernias, and they, along with some of the weaker babies, were taken to the organization's Orland Center in Northern California, where they can receive more specialized treatments, um, available at the University of California at Davis Veterinary Hospital. So thank you also to all of those people at the California, UC California at Davis. And um, so, anyway, this is on their homepage. You can find this. You can go to their website at farmsanctuary.org. You can learn about the celebration for the turkeys, which we're going to hear for more about, and also how to adopt a turkey. So I'm going to invite into our conversation the education coordinator for Farm Sanctuary, Sophia Pospis- 
Pospisil. Sophia, am I saying that right? Are you there? Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Pospisil. Very close. Thank oh, you. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you for taking time out of your busy day to come and join us here at KUCI in Irvine to talk about alternative uh, traditions to start for Thanksgiving and how we can help our little animal turkey friends. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, would you tell us, um, our listeners, a little bit about um, Farm Sanctuary, kind of, you know, briefly how it got started and what you guys are doing in various areas of America? Sure. Farm Sanctuary is a farm animal protection organization. We started back in 1986, so we're celebrating our 25-year anniversary this year. Yay! So what we do is promote compassionate vegan living through rescue education and advocacy. So the rescue piece, of course, is that animals are rescued out of production and then come to our three shelters and live their lives in peace and doing the things that they enjoy. Um, Education, where we invite people to meet the animals and hear their stories, learn about factory farming, really see in person that these animals have personalities and interests and opinions, just like their dogs and cats at home. And then through advocacy, We try to change legislation to protect these animals, but we also do grassroots activism like tabling and leafleting and ways that we can get out to people who maybe can't come to the sanctuary but can get that experience through our outreach. So by doing rescue, education, and advocacy together, we are just working to create a more compassionate world for farm animals. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, um, I loved what you said about turkeys, you know, thinking and being social, because I have to tell you, um, you know, I I had little chickens and I thought they were very cute. I see turkeys and, you know, they don't really strike me as the most um the most beautiful, <laughs> beautiful <laughs> of animals, but it shouldn't matter in a sense, you know. I mean, they, you know, they certainly have their own little, um, little type of cuteness. But um, I think that a lot of times people, we just think of, we don't really think of where things come from or what has to happen or in order for that stuffed bird to be sitting on our dining room table. And it's interesting because I work with. Um, I work at a wonderful chain of stores. They're everywhere. Everybody knows who they are. Their initials start with T. And I work in the food uh, demo area. And I want to, you know, be. I'm very grateful because they uh, understood my position on turkeys. And I'm not having to work in that area uh, for the Thanksgiving time. But I was um, in there the other day, just you know, helping with some other things. And one of the girls that I work with was saying, "Oh, you know, she was prepping one of the turkeys." And she said, "I just hate." She said, you know, I, I don't know why when I'm at home I love the smell of turkey cooking and, it, you know, because it reminds me of Thanksgiving. She said, but being here and smelling this day after day and having to, you know, handle all these turkeys. She said, if I had to kill a turkey, she goes, we would never have turkey. And I said, bingo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, you know, I think a lot of us, if we actually had to go out into the yard and catch a turkey and, you know, wring its little neck and feather it and do all this and, you know, take all of its insides out. If we had to do all the things that are necessary to have a bird on the table, how many of us would just say, mm, you know what? I really like butternut squash, <laughs> and maybe I'd rather, you know, spend my time working with a butternut squash than killing a little bird. And in my experience, when people come to visit the shelters and meet our animals and meet our turkeys, 
people are often very surprised that they're social and they're interested in people. They love shiny objects. If mm-hmm. anybody is wearing a ring or jewelry, they love to peck at that ring. And they're very engaging and very sweet. They have just so many different vocalizations. Scientists have discovered that they have at least 20 distinct vocalizations, mm. so they have their own language. And when people do come and meet these birds and, and meet them for themselves, they're not thinking, oh, that looks delicious. They're thinking, wow, what a sweet individual, and I had no idea that right. this bird would have a personality. We have a turkey here named Jordan who's just the sweetest, the sweetest little turkey, and um, he will absolutely run up to anybody who comes inside and greet them as if he's saying, <laughs> welcome to my home. And, and that's his personality. I mean, the other ones don't do it, but that's, that's what Jordan always does. Mm-hmm. So we can't even say just across the board turkeys are a certain way. Like they, each of those individuals have their own distinct personalities and opinions and interests just like dogs and cats and any other animal, including us. Yes, and I think... You know, that's part of the thing that's difficult for those of us who have grown up in the city and lived in the city. You know, I'm so grateful for the couple of years that we lived on a farm and I was able to experience not only animals but the world in a completely different context. Um, but it's true. Animals, even little chickens. I had uh, three little banty chickens that were kind of like, you know, my little personal chickens. And they all had three very distinctive personalities, right. you know. of And it was funny, just of a little chicken you know and it, and they i knew them all very separately and they had their little personalities and it, but the thing is that with the food that we you know bring into our house cuz we go to the store you know we just bring it home we cook it or it's already cooked or whatever and we are so far removed from the actuality of what it takes in order for that food to make it to our table and that's how these industries survive by having that secrecy and really making it so consumers don't ask too many questions. If we knew that these animals were confined so tightly that they couldn't stand up, extend their limbs, move around, people wouldn't want to support those industries. So factory farming, the way that they're really able to thrive is by keeping that very separate and that consumers just think that food comes from the grocery store and don't think of it any further than that. So that's what Farm Sanctuary really does to try to really um, explain what's happening in these industries so people will think, oh, wow, butternut squash, that sounds good. That's what I'll have <laughs> in the center of my Thanksgiving table. Right. Well, I know there's a, a, some, I feel like, some confusion for people because, again, working in, um, you know, in a grocery-type uh, store, the there's always you know we have all these eggs and and people always you know they will tell me oh I I want the free range eggs because I want to know that the chickens you know are are being able to run free and I and I don't even think people realize I mean it's probably better than non free range eggs but just because it the package says that it's free range the chicken you know it comes from free range chickens doesn't necessarily mean that those chicken chickens are out roaming around in a barnyard all day long i could you could you just speak a little bit to what actually a free range just means in the sense that they have access. Could you talk a little bit about Absolutely. I, I really do think that people who are seeking out these products are compassionate people who want to do the, the right thing. Otherwise, mm-hmm. why bother seeking out these other labels? But Farm Sanctuary put together a long, very detailed 
um, investigation into these different labels like cage-free, free-range, organic. It's all on our website, farmsanctuary.org. So if any listeners want to check out the full report, it's there. But basically what we found is that these labels don't mean what the consumer thinks they mean. Right. And, in fact, it's not that different from whatever just standard factory farming conditions are. So with the label free range, the specific label free range, all the only standard that's in place there is that they should have access to the outdoors, but that's not defined. So that can mean that there are hundreds of animals living in one big windowless shed with a tiny little window that's open, oh, I don't know, an hour a day into a crummy little lot. It doesn't mean that they're out running around. Mm -hmm. And we recently did a rescue of so-called free-range chickens. We got 40 of these chickens. And uh, when they arrived here, they were missing all of their tail feathers. Most of their body feathers were missing. And at this farm, the farmer had put leg bands on one of the legs of the chickens, on on one leg of each girl. Mm -hmm. And the leg band was supposed to grow and stretch as the chicken grew, but it didn't. So when we got mm. these chickens, they were all limping because that leg band had cut down to their bone and tendon. And this is a so-called free-range farm mm -hmm. where these birds were in horrible condition. And the reason we were able to rescue them was because they were going to be sent to slaughter because they were considered spent. Mm -hmm. Chickens can only lay eggs for about one and a half to two years, but their lifespan is 10 years. And when they can't lay eggs anymore, then they're just sent to slaughter. But we were able to step in give them a good life here. Um, some of them still do limp, even though it's been well over a year that they've been here. They're still recovering from that injury, but they will just live their lives here, and, and we don't see them as egg layers. We see them as our friends and companions. Mm, thank you. Well, I, that's, um, and I, I'm glad that you mentioned, because I, I see it also. I see that people that are, um, that are asking for free-range eggs and that type of thing are, um, wanting to, you know, it's because it's stirring some compassion in their hearts. And yet, you know, I feel like, and, and for many of us, it's, you know, it's just taking a small step, even for people who, you know, who still just are not necessarily ready to stop eating meat. Um, a friend of mine, uh, Ashley Jarrett Lavelle, who is one of our fellow co-hosts, um, um, talk show hosts here at KUCI, does a show on Thursdays, um, justice or just us and the other day he mentioned you know why don't you just like just one day out of the week not eat meat so you know maybe on mondays you know if you're used to eating meat every day of the week on mondays don't eat meat or just you know on tuesdays have tofu instead of meat it would make a difference even if you you know and sometimes making a small step or like my friend who saw this um documentary forks over knives right. and she's taking this um she took this 21-day challenge of uh, not eating any animal products for 21 days, and uh, she said she actually felt so much better. She's decided to continue doing that, Wonderful. and she's dropped some weight, and she just feels more energy and just feels better energetically, um, not putting animals into her body that, you know, have suffered violence and, you know, so... You know, a lot of times, you know, little things, and you never know where people are at. And my whole thing is that I never, you know, I don't want to judge people because we're all on our paths. But if we can kind of gently help each other to become more mindful about these things and um, and just think about them, you know, think Absolutely. about if I can if I can feed myself without having to cause any violence or suffering, why wouldn't I want to choose that instead? Right. 
you were talking about examining your beliefs earlier, and we all grew up in the same culture where we think that eating animals is completely normal and natural and necessary for our health. And the more we examine these things, the more we can see that that's not true. And so we at Farm Sanctuary really encourage people to meet these animals and hear their stories and learn more about them as individuals, and then it makes it so much easier to make that choice to eat plant foods rather than animal foods. So for this holiday season, we have the celebration for the turkeys coming up. Oh, yes, please tell us more about that. Uh, Yeah, we have three events. So um, I'm at the Orland California Shelter, which is in Northern California. Our event is on Saturday the 19th. And then in Watkins Glen, New York, we have the celebration for the turkeys there on Sunday the 20th. And then we have a free event in Acton, California, which is north of L.A. I looked it up. um, About an hour north of L.A. And that's a free event open to the public where we have our special feeding of the turkeys ceremony. So this is a flip on the normal tradition, the, the usual tradition, where we take squashes and fill them with grapes and chard and cranberries and put them on silver platters and our turkeys have a feast. Oh, how fun. Yeah, so it's a really fun time. So um, farm time with the animals starts at 2 o'clock on Sunday, November 20th. This is the celebration in Acton. Mm-hmm. And then um, we'll have our feeding of the turkey ceremony at 3 o'clock, and then the the event goes until 5. So 2 to 5 on Sunday, November 20th. You don't need to RSVP. You can just show up and um, all that information is on our website at farmsanctuary.org as well. Wonderful. And that's this coming Sunday, November 20th. So still plenty of time, especially if, um, dear listener, if you have not bought your turkey yet, maybe just think about it. Maybe this is, I mean, maybe this is the year that you decide not to have a turkey. And, or even, if, you know, perhaps you're going to someone's house and they're having turkey. Now, um, I have uh, friends that I was just talking to yesterday, they're going somewhere and there's going to be a turkey because there are some people that eat turkey, but then there's half of the people that are going that are vegan. So all of the dishes <laughs> that they're going to serve, she said, it's really kind of funny because everything is going to be vegan except, and then there's going to be a tur- turkey. <laughs> um, but, you know, they won't be having, they won't be having the turkey. But, you know, it, I think it's wonderful that these things are happening that's, and that people are kind of making some changes within their home. Last year, you know, I went to my extended family and there was a turkey there, but I bought a, brought a big butternut casserole and some other things. And so many people commented, oh my gosh, they just loved that butternut squash and and I said, well, you know, I feel really full and satisfied, and I have room for pumpkin pie, and I didn't have to eat any turkey. So, you know, um, again, you know, I feel like it's it's not about making people wrong, but it's about us helping each other to be more mindful about what we do and looking at where the ideas we have for the things that we do come from and asking ourselves, if, is it still serving who we want to be in the world and how we want to be in the world and interacting with, with our planet and the, the creatures and plants and trees and everything that, that we share the planet with? Absolutely, yes. And I'm curious with um, the festivities that you were talking about where all of the side dishes are going to be vegan. Mm -hmm. I imagine even the people who are eating the turkey are going to love those other dishes and are going to comment on how great the mashed potatoes are and how wonderful the green beans are. I'm sure that everyone will be able to enjoy that food together, and it can still be a celebration of the harvest even with these different 
the ways that different people eat, just eating together. I think that's great. Yes. Well, I wanted to mention also to our listeners, again, your website is farmsanctuary.org, and there are some wonderful educational materials on there. In fact, there's a little article called, What is Carnism? And I thought, well, Carnism, that sounds kind of interesting. And But I, I would really invite uh, listeners to, to, to just, even if they just go and read this, because it really talks about... Um, how carnism, you know, which carn comes from the word flesh, you know, it, it means flesh, um, and, and ism denotes a belief system, and how it's kind of this invisible belief system, because many of us, it's, there are things in our lives, whether it's eating meat, or, or, you know, maybe it was, you know, smoking cigarettes, or maybe it was, you know, just a lot of different things that we do, that we grow up with, and they're just part of our lives, so we never actually question them about where they came from or why we still hold to them. Right. And Dr. Dr. Melanie Joy is the one who coined the term carnism, and she talks about that this is a belief system just like being vegan is a belief system. Mm-hmm. So often it's that um, we're, we're just seen as, as vegans as we are the ones that come with the belief system and that other people who eat meat, that they're just doing their lives. That's just who they are. Right. But, but there is a belief system that goes along with that that says that the belief system that says it is okay to eat animals. Right. And I think a lot of times it's just because it's just that's what we've always done. You know, we've grown up in a culture that, you know, as soon as we were, you know, three or four years old, we started, you know, (laughs) feeding the, the kids meat because that's what we ate. But, you know, we're beginning to, we're, you know, thankfully, we're beginning to question some of these things. But it's even like, you know, I mean, I get so sad because I see so many children nowadays who, you know, they're like three, four years old and they've got soda pop and you're three or four years old and they're, you know, they they want pizza, they don't want vegetables. But the reason is because they've been conditioned. They've been given those things at a young age and developed a taste for them. And it's, you know, so, but we can change those things. And, and, um, we can actually develop a taste and traditions for things that are healthy and good for us. Absolutely. The first time I ate kale, I didn't like it at all. And now I crave it. I yes. want to eat kale every day. <laughs> yes, I know. I Yes, I, I'm the same way. The first time I had it, I was like, well... But then as my body began to feel better, as I began to ingest more greens and then I wouldn't have them and I found myself you know I really need some salad and I thought wow that's interesting I've never experienced that before but our bodies are so amazingly intelligent if we will just take time to listen to them absolutely (laughs) well Sophia I want to thank you so much uh, for being in the world doing what you're doing and all of the people at Farm Sanctuary who are working on behalf of the animals our creature friends because I believe that it benefits it's not only the animals, but it benefits all of us as beings and I- interacting with, uh, with this beautiful planet that we get to live on. And I want to thank you so much for being in the world, doing what you're doing, and helping not only to, to do what you're doing, but to educate people and invite them to, to join you on your path. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Well, I hope to see you at one of these lovely events soon. Great. I'm, uh, I'm doing the alternative transportation thing in life right now. and trying to. So I'm, I'm doing the bus thing. Uh-huh. So I, I don't know that I'll be able to get out to Acton, but maybe something might happen someone might decide, you know, hey, let's go out and visit those turkeys so I might be able to get out there this coming Sunday. Good. Well, maybe one of your listeners will offer you a ride. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, Sophia, thank you so much, and blessings, blessings to you, thank and you. Um, hope to talk to you again soon sometime. Okay, sounds great. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Okay, take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. So again, that was um, Sophia, the Education Coordinator at Farm Sanctuary up in Orland. There are three other locations, one in Acton, one in New York. And so in case you're listening through podcast, with which this show will be up on podcast in the next, maybe even today, but definitely within the next day or so, um, you can check them out and maybe visit their website to find out more information about alternative things. They have wonderful things, not only educational materials on their website, but also lots of delicious vegan recipes. In fact, I believe it was last year that I got the uh, recipe that this is where I got the recipe for the squash that I brought to Thanksgiving. But anyway, they have lots of wonderful, um, wonderful recipes on there and pictures of animals and ways that you can get involved either at the local level or by adopting a turkey or an animal. So please visit their website at farmsanctuary.org and send me an email. Let me know if this is, you know, maybe helped you to think a little differently about uh, your Thanksgiving. If you haven't bought a turkey, it's not too late. And, uh, you know, the fewer turkeys we buy, the fewer turkeys they'll plan on making available next year. So, you know, it's just kind of like the fur coat industry. If we stop buying the stuff, then they're not going to make so much of the stuff. So it's all good. So thank you so much for tuning in today. I am, again, Tani Tanuvio. This is KUCI in Irvine, Orange County's alternative radio station. And this is Phenomenal Woman. I will be back next week with my Hobbit co-host, Milo Lomsdown. And uh, let's see. Ray, so what did you think? Are you having turkey for Thanksgiving? It's okay if you are. <laughs> we probably are. It's a tradition, but this has certainly been an eye-opening kind of conversation that i'm having and oh great well a a lot of times it's just you know a a matter of of us asking huh i have Mm. always done this i wonder why i've always done right right it is that conditioning that you spoke about and uh it's certainly something to think about well it's important that we enjoy our wonderful traditions and and the time that we get to spend with people and there are so many wonderful things to be thankful Mm -hmm. for in this november the month of gratitude right right and thank you for being here thank you for having me great uh, thanks a lot it's been a pleasure and so would you tell our listeners one more time who they're listening to you're listening to kuci 88.9 in irvine yay (laughs) broadcasting from the university of california at irvine and coming up in just a few moments um the blue and gold report with mark roberts a show about sports at uci so do you listen to the blue and gold report I listened to a glimpse of it, I think, last week, uh-huh. but not too much. Yeah. Well, that's kind of, uh, um, I mean, just kind of on UCI sports in general. Right. So you're thinking of something more like a commentary. Yeah, just more broad, broad sports. Broad sports, but yeah, I, I'm sure I'll mention UCI sports and probably get more insight in what UCI sports does. Do you have a favorite sport? Uh, basketball and baseball are ah, my favorites. Mm-hmm. cool. My favorite sport is walking <laughs> and yoga. <laughs> uh. Well, especially walking in starlight. We we elves we love to walk into the full moon in starlight. I can't I can't deny. Mm-hmm. It. 
Well, thank you again for being here, and good luck. I'll thank be you. looking forward to seeing your show in the coming quarter. <laughs> and Maybe. for those of you listening, in case you are interested, especially if you are a student here at UCI or staff or faculty, we have an, we'll have another uh, training coming up in the winter quarter, which will be probably sometime in January. Probably. Yeah. So I'm going to leave you with the song that I promised you earlier but did not play um, from... Um, the um, from State of Grace two, and this is uh, the song uh, "Turning to Peace." And until we meet again, I will say, "Elen Salalumenomentiovo." A star shines on the hour of our meeting, and Namaria. This is KUCI in Irvine, eighty-eight point nine FM, and streaming live at KUCI.org. We are the best radio station in the history of the universe. <laughs>